Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We are in this series called Uncomfortable, and, and really the whole goal of it is, is to, you know, kind of, you get in that uncomfortable spaces, and it's good to be in uncomfortable spaces because the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, if we have, if we have a relationship with Jesus, that, that power brings peace. The Holy Spirit brings peace. So we've been hitting some things, but here's what we've said, what we don't want to be. We don't want to be comfortable Christians. We want to be more uncomfortable Christians because uncomfortable Christian Christianity leads to a life of transformation. It leads us to rely, and it it pushes us to rely on God and not ourselves. Uh, Uncomfortable Christianity is serving others rather than being served. It's marked by sacrifice, sacrifice in your life, very uncomfortable, doing the hard things, embracing hard truths, and doing life with hard people. I know there's no hard people in here, so it's easy here, but doing life with those people, all for the sake of Jesus. One thing, doing the hardest things. This week we're in one that's called, seems a little rough out there, and you guys know the story, so why don't we just jump into it, and please turn off your phones, Eddie. (laughs) Dear God, it's a tough crowd. Yeah, it's just crazy, you know, that off switch, it's crazy how that works. I'm kidding. If anybody, whoa, if anybody has uh, phones, God bless you. Uh, and if you want to bring your kids to run around while I'm preaching too, that's wonderful too. Um, Let's read this. Matthew uh, 14 says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, later that night he was there alone and the boat was already considerable distance from the land. Buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were there in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is a scripture that we've, we've read a million times. It's on all the, 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 the kids' Bible stories and all the stories. And I, I just want to kind of unpack some things here today. It seems a little rough out there with the waves uh, uh, buffeting against the boat and, and being out there. 
And, and, and this last six weeks, we've been going through this series called Uncomfortable. And we're about halfway through, and I want to show you why we chose this, why when we prayed what it was about. We talked about in the intro uh, being uncomfortable, and we talked about God in a box without food. I don't know if you remember that one. That's the, that how could God be incarnate, what it must have felt like for the creator of heaven and earth to be walking on this earth without food, his, his time that he spent fasting, that's a time that we all fasted. And then we went into without anger, how uncomfortable it is sometimes to be without our anger and what anger does. We talked about without lust and what it means to be without that. We talked about I doubt it, which is this, having our doubts. That as Christians, you can actually have doubts and Jesus is a move off his throne and all freaked out. That all of us wrestle through certain things. We did that two weeks ago. And then, and then we talked about who knew, which was, if you remember, was about the church. And what we said there was this, that you're called to a church. You don't just get to choose whatever church you go to, but God calls you for a specific purpose. And we, we've been going through those, and I, I'm going to give you a little peek into why, because I think it's important why we've been building around those things. Two reasons, worship and others. Why we're doing this uncomfortable series, two reasons, worship and others. Number one, worship. For from him and through him and to him are all things, to be glory forever and ever, amen. This worship of who God is, when you have this revelation of who God is, the creator of heaven and earth, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, when he's all these things, when you get a peek in behind the curtain of who God is, you can't but help but worship. And we're going through this series, and, and, and you get a little peek into that uncomfortableness in our lives, and, and you kind of step out, and, and, and there's this place where God is calling us to worship. Number two is others. It says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill the promise, as he, some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Here's the key, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. Look, this thing called church that we do twice a month on Sundays. Come on. Every week I make that joke. Come on, you got to keep laughing. This thing that we do called church, when we come together, is not about this, all this is, although this is good. This is a great time of fellowship and getting word and, and worshiping and, and, and walking with others. But it's when we walk out of this place and you step into your homes and you step into the places of business and you step into your neighborhood where others don't know Jesus, they don't have the hope of Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about others. And we have this consumer mentality as Christians is go, I want to come and consume. I want to come and consume. And when you leave this place, I need us to leave this place as a church thinking about, I want to be the church out there. And I want to bring hope to the hopeless. I want to bring hope to a situation that has no hope for others. Here's what the whole goal of this series is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be asking you guys to get out of the boat. I'm going to ask you to get out of the boat. What does that mean? I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfortable places. I, 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 you know, there's many people in, in, that have come to this church and left because it can be very uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm about ready to turn the heat up a little bit more, and I want to make you a little bit more uncomfortable. Why? Not because I just want to run people off, although I do enjoy running people off. Um, no, I'm kidding. 
Not because, no, 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 because here's what I'm convinced of. When you get in those uncomfortable places of obedience to Christ, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me brings peace. And when I get into these uncomfortable places that God calls me to step into and the power of the Holy Spirit brings peace to that situation, people's lives get changed. That's where we're going. I want us to get out of the boat. It's time to worship and reach reach others. How are we going to do that? Over the next six months, I'm going to ask you to serve others. I'm going to ask you to step out of the boat and pray for people who are hurting. Maybe someone who's in a, 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 a broken relationship. Maybe someone who's in a divorce. Maybe someone who has a kid that's gone astray. Maybe someone who's financially strapped. I don't know. I, I want you to just step out of that usual you and pray for that person. I want you to, to, uh, I want you to pray for the sick. Now, this one's real tough. I want you to step out big out of the boat in faith and lay hands on someone and say, I'm going to believe with you that God might heal you. I want you to share your story. See, the deal is that each one of you has a unique story that needs to be told. Each one of you, God is writing a story as we speak, and he's penning the story of our lives. And when you, you, you look at what God has done in your life and what you were and what you are today when you come into that relationship, there's this story that needs to be told. And I want us to get to a point where you're able to share that story. Now, Saturate OC, July 31st and August 1st, is the one that's really going to really make you uncomfortable and, 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 and I'm going to ask you to jump out of the boat is the U.S. Open of Surf is coming to, um, to Huntington Beach. I don't know if you remember the couple that came out a couple weeks ago and, and they're doing a thing called Saturate OC where we've got probably 40, 50 churches in Orange County coming together to go down to the U.S. Open and share our faith to pray with people. You want to talk about uncomfortable? All of you, look, I, I, that's stepping out and watching the peace of God. Let's, let's look at this scripture. Let's look at these, this scripture that I just read and, and some of the key points is what it means to get out of the boat. Number one, know that he knows. Know he knows. It says this in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, it's very interesting if you don't really think about it, if you just kind of read it and go to the next line, what you've got to realize if Jesus is omniscient, Jesus knows full well what's going on here. Why didn't he ask them to go the next morning when he knew the waters would be calm? Why did he push them out into the middle of this storm, this squall that was coming? Why did Jesus take us, why does he take us and put us, just kind of knowing full well that the storm is, is kicking up, why does he kind of go, here, push out into the storm? Have you ever thought about that? You don't know why, why do I get stuck in the storm? If God was really God, wouldn't he just rescue me from the storm? Wouldn't he just calm the storms immediately? Why would he push me into the place? Why would God do that? I, I remember clearly, and, and it's not just for, for non-pastors. I, I remember a couple of times sitting in my, in, gosh, in my office and up at night when we're going through storms in our family, just, just on my face going, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? Like, you, you, you know everything. Then why are you pushing us into this? Why don't you just rescue us before we get started? But, but here's why. This is critical. Here's why. Because in verse 33, it says this, after the storm was calmed, then those who were in the boat 
worshiped him saying, truly, you are the Son of God. See, it's in these places of, of, of God allowing us to step into our chaos, our crazy, whatever your chaos and your crazy is. It's in these, these places. And let me tell you this. If you haven't had any chaos and crazy, something's up. I, I don't know. Something's up. And in fact, I, I don't trust a man or a woman. I don't trust someone who hasn't been through crazy because I don't know what they have with Jesus. If you haven't been through that thing in life where you've had to be on your face crying out to God, where you had to be in a place where you're like, I don't know what to do, God, where you had to come to a place where I don't know if this is going to pass or not going to pass, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship. See, the reason that Jesus allowed them to go through that is because he knew that they would see the miracle on the other side. For us, my wife and I, and I've, many of you have heard our story a million times, so you're going, not again. Um, but it is in the midst of that storm where God taught my wife and I this principle, am I enough? In the midst of complete chaos, in the midst of nuts, we had to come to this point, am I enough? And what we realized is Yes. And we watch God do miracle after miracle. Not the way I wanted it. It didn't roll out the way that I thought it should have. But I watched God do a miracle. In my family, with my wife, with me. And we worshiped him. And you know what my wife and I are able to say? God is God. Do I wish I'd have gone through it? Looking back, I don't know. But I know that I know that I know that God is faithful, that he is good. And we worship him in a way that we really never worshiped him before. So you got to know he knows the storm that you're getting ready to go through or the storm that you're in. you got to know that God already knows it. And he wants to pull you out into a place where your faith and your worship is just is, is in another place. Number two. You have to get away and pray. It says this in verse 23. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself and prayed. This is Jesus. This is an interesting passage. It's another one of those ones, if you just kind of read through it and keep reading and don't think about it, it's, it's, it's really interesting because the reality is this. Jesus was exhausted. He had just got done performing all these miracles, and there's crowds of people that are all around him and, and just pulling on him and wanting from him, and, 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 and he was absolutely exhausted, which really is, is endearing to me, which is really a good thing. I look at that and go, oh, thank God, because what it says to me is this, that the Jesus that I serve that came as incarnate understands my exhaustion when all else seems like it's crazy out there. It says this, Jesus, son of man, uh, need, needed alone time to pray. Christ's humanity is part of what qualifies him to be our merciful intercessor between God and the Father. The fact that he was tired and said, I need to be away, says to me, how much more you and I need to just push away and get that alone time and pray. Some of us are right in the middle of exhaustion right now. We're right in the middle of crazy right now. And, and God's just saying, just push away and, and, and just pray. Just push away. And be with me. And Jesus pushed away. Number three is you got to get out of the boat. 
I, I, some of you, when I said, hey, we're going to Huntington Beach to talk to surfers and cool people about Jesus, said, oh, I'm not getting out of that dang boat. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting out of that boat. Okay. But I, I want to push you to get out of that boat. Some of us just need to get out of the boat. We just got to get, we just got to step out of ourselves. We're so self-consumed about our lives and our stuff and, and, and what we're doing. And God's just going to just, just step out a little bit. And Peter says this, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you on the water. Let me step out of the boat and go into this place of the miraculous. Let me step out as you walked and go into this place where, where I've got to trust you, where I see miracles, where you do great things. And for you and me, I believe God's saying the same thing. If you just step out of that boat into these places where you see the miraculous, where you see miracles, where you see my faithfulness, where you see me do what I want to do, that you're holding me back because you won't step out of the boat. God, we say these things. God, if it's you, tell me, and I'll go preach your word to others. If God would just speak to me and tell me to go preach to that person. So I was in uh, Chase Bank, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago. I'm in line, and I, I, I'm, I don't get excited when this happens, so I tell you this in angst because it just it throws me. But, but sometimes at Chase Bank, you got to step outside of the boat. And I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm waiting in line. A lady's in front of me, and she's on the phone. And I'm, of course, listening to a conversation because I already filled out my stuff. And uh, she starts, she's talking, and she starts, like, literally saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, I cannot believe this, I cannot believe this. And she's talking to her husband. Um, long story short, this is all going on. Um, her, her mother died. She's in line at Chase Bank. Her mother dies. And she's having this conversation out loud. I'm like... And, and as clear as can be, God said, the Holy Spirit, get out of the boat. I don't want to get out of the boat. I just want to get a little bit of money. <laughs> and this woman is distraught. And she's like, get out of the boat. So she pulls away from the line. She's not going up to there. I'm like, it's a long line. i got to get back in line too, Jesus. <laughs> so I get out of the boat. And I go over and just said, ma'am, you don't know me. And I probably shouldn't have been, but I heard some of your conversation, and it sounds like you lost a loved one. Can, can I just pray for you? And, and she's, she does the sign of the cross and says, please, will you please pray for me? And, and we're sitting in chase. You know, everybody's buttoned down. And, and it's kind of cool because one of the guys that works there is a Christian. And we've had conversations about Jesus. He goes to church in Huntington Beach. And, and we're sitting in, in Chase on 17th Street. And, and yeah, do I look like a dork? Absolutely. You know, is it just, all right, Lord, give this woman. And I'm praying out loud because she's got to hear me. And, and we're sitting in the lobby of this, of this bank. And, and people are walking and coming and going. But I had to get out of the boat to see the miracle, to see what God might do. I can't sit in this this boat and not do what God calls me to do because people outside of these walls are dying and going to hell apart from relation with Jesus Christ. And I have the answer of hope. And I don't know if she knows Jesus or not. But I prayed for her and gave her a hug and I don't know if I'll ever see her again. See, that's the uncomfortableness that I want us to walk in as a church. Not just me because I'm the pastor. You. Us. To just kind of step out a little bit. Grab a hold of someone's hand and just go, can I just pray with you? Why? Because it's these little micro movements of people that change the world. 
Not mega churches, you know, you go to the big church of a thousand over there, you know, big time. Not these, you know, 10,000, I'm kidding. They make differences, absolutely. But it's, it's the one person that's willing to step out of the boat and make a difference. And give me a thousand people that are willing to step out of the boat and make a difference. What could Oregon look like? And we say things like that. Well, if God would tell me, I'll just go preach the word that he, to others. But he, okay. Let me give you three real quick verses that God tells us. He says this in Mark 16, and he said to them, go into all the world proclaiming the gospel of the whole creation. Okay, God told you, says it in his word. It's either true or not true. How about Matthew 28? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. How about Romans 10? It says this, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? In other words, how are they going to know the hope of Christ Jesus that comes from this word unless you or I are preaching it? And I don't care if you're a Calvinist or Arminius, and I don't have time to go deep into that thing, but look, God's using you and wants to use you in this thing called life to bring hope to the hopeless. And the church comes, and the church goes, and we sit in these walls, and we walk out of these buildings, and we go, that was a great message. John was so excited this morning. And that's it. That's it. We got to get out of the boat. Look, not, it, gosh, I read this study this week. 90%, 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. I, I, I'm not going to ask you to raise hands. But here's what I am going to do. I'm going to ask you to step out of the boat. Here's what I am going to do. When we look at the back end after this series, uh, I want to give you practical ways to share your story. 95% of all Christians, then who the heck is leading people to the Lord? God's using a number of people. What might it be if we stepped out? 80% of all Christians do not witness for Christ. 2%, actually it was less than 2%, but I didn't know if the sign went this way or that way for less than. I couldn't figure it out. Um, <laughs> 2%, less than 2% are involved in the ministry of evangelism. 71% do not give towards the financing of the Great Commission. What is that? Missionaries going out and preaching the gospel. You have to get out of the boat. Number four, it's getting a little rough out there. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Look, the, the, the bottom line is it's rough out there. There's no way around it. it. It's difficult out there. You can have all the money in the world. It's still difficult out there. You can have no money in the world. It's difficult out there. You can, you can uh, pick your scenario. It's difficult out there. Why? Genesis 3. When man fell, sin comes into the world, things are difficult. The storms are out there. The storms are coming. You're either going into one, in one, or leaving one. But the storms are coming. Look at Mark, what it says here. Ah, let, me, let me go back here. It's rough when you step out of the boat and you tell someone about Jesus many times. Mark and I play hockey together. And we, we're in a locker room, and, and Jesus often comes up. I, I don't know if it's you, me, or, or what, but... Um, one of the, the locker rooms I sit in, there's a guy who's a staunch atheist. And literally, 
it, it is rough because he just start he, he in front of everybody and everybody laughs and mocks you know this he makes the you know the Bill Maher quotes and all the you know all the fancy funny you know atheist one-liners that they come up with and and I'm sitting there trying to defend the faith you know and oh yeah Noah's Ark and you know and and Steve Carell yeah that was a great you know they just they just make they just bust my chops and and it you know we're gonna step out of the boat in 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 Huntington Beach and and tell people about Jesus. It's going to be rough, and there's going to be people who say, Jesus, freak, crazy, what are you talking about? You're a nutbag. Absolutely. There's nowhere. It's going to get rough out there. Many of you won't step out of the boat because it's rough out there. But I'm telling you, the peace of God follows us when we step out of the boat. And we say things, well, it's a little too nasty out there. I don't, want to, I don't want to infringe on someone's own faith. I don't want to infringe on someone's life by telling them about Jesus. Really? Hope? You don't want to bring that? Mark 15 says this, And when they had mocked him, Jesus, they stripped him of a purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. A little rough out there. I don't think here anybody's getting crucified. You're going to get mocked a little bit. I don't think you're going to get stripped, but but the point is this. Jesus, what I love about this scripture, what I love about uh, Jesus being incarnate is there's nothing that I go through that he hasn't gone through. There's nothing that I experience that he doesn't experience. There's no emotion. There's no, all of those things that Jesus experienced. And Jesus was mocked and crucified. A little rough. There are places in the world Christians are murdered because they're Christians. A little rough out there, but I don't want to step out and go to Huntington Beach and talk to any surfers. Some of you won't come back next week, and that's fine. I'm all right with that. But I know that I love you. <laughs> know that it's, I'm not, I'm not, but, but also know this, I can't let you sit here. I, I, can't, we can't, I can't let you just sit here. And some of you will, and some of you won't, and that's, that's fine. But part of why God has called me to be here in this church and pastor you who call me your pastor is to just push you out of the boat a little bit so that you can experience what Jesus might do. So you can experience his peace. It's pretty amazing. Number five, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. This is just a cross. This is, this is just a principle across the board. Storm or no storm, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? There, there, you have, gosh, it, this is the way we, we work. Usually, we have our little baby steps of faith, and then doubt just comes in the next moment. And then we take our eye, we have this little faith, oh, I'm going to conquer this sin and faith. And then doubt comes in and we take our eyes off Jesus and then come crashing down. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be this, this pillar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach the gospel to whoever it is. And, and you know, we're thinking in our mind and then we take a step out and for a moment and then it just, and, as we take our eyes off Jesus. 
Look, the only way that you walk out this building today, this school in the middle of Costa Mesa that we call church, and, and bring hope and bring light is to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And when we look at Jesus in the eyes, and next week I'm going to talk specifically about this, when you look at Jesus in the eyes, there's something about his eyes that brings, brings this just confidence in who he is that allows you to step out when you lock eyes with him. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. You want to know why you struggle, why I struggle with sin? Because I'm not locked into Jesus. You want to know why I won't step out? Because I'm not locked into Jesus. You want to know why any of your problems? Because you take your eyes off Jesus. And the moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you put them somewhere else. And when you put them somewhere else, it's less than whichever way that goes. Still confused. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Although he is sinking, although we sink in fear, he calls out to the Lord. Peter does. Save me. I love this because we all experience this. God loves to hear the cry of help. Look, let, let's be real clear. I'm not saying this to beat the hell out of you. Although beating the hell out of you would be good because you'd have more heaven. So, but I'm not saying that for this. I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm not saying this to make you feel condemned. You know why I'm saying this is because, because I've 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 been on my face and cried out, Jesus save me. And I'm not talking about save unto heaven. I'm talking about God help me out of this situation. I don't know what to do. I've been on my face crying out to God, and I've seen how He's responded. And what it says to me is this: I cannot do this thing called life. I cannot control this thing called life as much as I want to and as much control as I try to hold on to. I can't do it. And at some point, and in the point that I realize only Christ, in Christ Jesus can I do this thing and be all that God has called me to is the moment that I'm on my face and just go, I quit. Peter helplessly cries out to the one and only who can help him. Some of us in here today need to step out of the boat and cry out to the one and only who can help you. Some of us need to get out of that place of comfort in that boat so that God might do what he wants to do in your life. Some of us need to step out and watch the miraculous when God brings peace into a situation that's totally chaotic. It may not look like you want it to look or think it should look, but I know this, that God's peace is greater than anything that I thought it should look like. He's faithful. And Peter cries out to the only one who can help him. So why are we stepping out of the boat? Some of you are like, I ain't stepping out of any boat. (laughs) Why am I asking you to step out of the boat? Because that's where worship happens. That's where worship happens. In the midst of chaos and, and crazy, the other side is watching God's faithfulness and just worshiping. Some of you are going, worshiping, you mean like standing there singing? No, I'm, I'm talking about that, that heart God felt, that, that, oh God, thank you. You are good. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Oh God, I can't do it without you. Thank you. It's, it's that worship. Some of you may not have experienced that before. But it's this place that I find out who Jesus is. It's in the depths of those places where I experience him like I've never experienced before. 
And I say things like this, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. Number two is this, not wanting anyone to perish, not wishing anyone should perish. And I look at my neighbors to the right of me, and I look at my neighbors to the left of me, I look at the place that I work, and I see hopelessness. And, and I hold the answer. The hope of Christ Jesus. And until we can step out of the boat and, and bear that, the weight of lostness where we live, you'll never preach the gospel. You know, just think of, let me say that one more time. Until you step out of the boat and, and feel the weight of lostness of a spouse, of a family member, of a friend, of a coworker, until you, you feel that weight, and that weight is, we're going to talk about hell coming up in, in a few weeks, until you feel that weight that, oh God, apart from you, this person is going to spend a, 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 an eternity apart from you in hell. Until you feel that weight, you're not going to do anything. I'm asking you to step out of the boat and feel the weight of the lostness of someone that you love. Not even someone that you don't care about. Someone that you love. And watch what God might do. Watch what he might do. I'm excited. I'm excited. There, uh, I think in, as the, the band comes up, I, I, these, uh, we're halfway through this uncomfortable series. We've got a couple more cool messages coming up I, next week. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that message, and we're talking about hell, and Easter's coming up. All this great stuff is coming up, but there's purpose behind it. We're not just coming here to watch the, the crazy preacher yell at us, okay? <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm sorry I yell at you, and if you're on the front row, I'm sorry for You got a mask on. Sorry for spitting. <laughs> Like, stay out of the front row because things do fly out of my mouth, okay? I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see what God's going to do over the next six months, the rest of this year, and to hear the stories that, that you're going to tell about lives that have been touched because you're willing to step out of that place of comfort, to step out of the boat. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.